GM VM. Good morning. This is Vagabond Magazine, uh, weekly space looking at Web3. I'm CD Domicio. I'm uh, joined by Rion Morgan, Cryptoversal Books, Quantas here. And today we're going to hopefully be talking with Stephen about cosmos and revolutionary storytelling but while we uh while we wait for steven i just want to say good morning to my friends here riona cryptoversal odd writings good morning how are you guys good morning good morning i'm so excited to be here this is my favorite way to start a monday good morning good afternoon this is exciting hello i'm drinking coffee to wake up and i always like this like this uh program I'm drinking coffee to wake up too, and I see Indefatigable and Heroes of Harath have joined us. Um, you know, I saw this morning, you guys, the weirdest article. Like, I don't understand how ridiculous children get billions of dollars. Elon Musk uh, saw that Wikipedia needed money, you know, for their operating costs, and so being Elon Musk, he said, "I'll give you a billion dollars." If you change your name for a year to Dickopedia, I'm not making this up. Elon Musk offered to give Wikipedia a billion dollars, but only if they changed their name to Dickopedia. And I just cannot understand a universe where this kind of person is the richest man in the world. <laughs> Did you guys see this story? I think, I think. X needs a I'm smacking myself in the head emoji for spaces because I'm not finding the proper emotion in the, in the set that's available. I think the I think the nuttier he gets, the the better in a way. Uh, it kind of appeals to me, but I'll bet it's just me. I just uh, added our friend T Dylan Daniel, Epic Dylan. I uh, added you to the speakers, Stephen from Cosmos. You're here. How are you today, Stephen? Is it Stephen or Stefan? I never know when I see it written. Yo, I'm doing well. Yeah, that's Stephen, but spelled with a PH just to keep people on their toes. <laughs> we will do our best to stay on our toes. I like Odd Writing's suggestion that, uh, that the weirder the better. Maybe that's just the best way to look at it. But also, Cryptoversal Books, I'm with you. If we can find, I sometimes forget that, uh, that Mr. Mu Mr. Musk owns X and is actually like, I don't know, we're basically playing in his yard right now it would be nice to find another yard to play in for sure um so steven tell us about like we're we're not strangers here um you know you as beaver zero of course and you know there's some other stuff going on but tell us about cosmos and who you are where you're from can i just attack you that way and say tell us yeah well zero space you're free to uh attack however you wish no i could um yeah, Cosmos, I guess the, the big high-level background is that we are building a digital storytelling application to self-publish stories in a more sort of creative, bespoke, customizable way, utilizing some Web3 technology to make that happen, but still being very accessible and Web2 user-friendly, not just something for the Web3 crowd, but something intended to be more mass market for serving a similar audience as something like Wattpad or Radish, or Kindle, Vela, and such. And this is something that, yeah, I've been building pretty much this whole year. The previous year, I was working on a project called Sitco World, and that was more focused on a particular IP. And then we realized that we didn't really have a way to actually publish that story in a way that checked all the boxes that we were looking for, for it to be 
customizable and monetizable and not having ads and um, more interactive and engaging community and all that. So we decided to build our own platform and that became what is now Cosmos. Super cool. Um, I remember when I first signed up for Sitka World, it was quite a long time ago. I mean, you guys started, I think, late 2021, um, maybe earlier. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you guys had such a cool onboarding process for your uh, for your Discord. Uh, it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. I really, really enjoyed it. Can you talk about that process and how you guys developed it? And does it still exist? And is that something that maybe Cosmos is is going to allow other people to sort of set up something similar? Yeah, well, it does still exist, and we actually we have a similar sort of entry to the Cosmos Discord server as well. Um, it's not something that we've turned into a product yet, but it's something that I think, yeah, long-term could be something we'd encourage other people to do. But yeah, we just, the, the idea behind that is just practicing what we preach, right? The whole goal of Cosmos is, I mean, my philosophy in approaching this is that any brand, any creator, any, whether it's an author building a more story-based brand or even an NFT brand, right? They might be doing films or games or um, just a PFP sort of community, but any brand will be strengthened when their users have experiences that are memorable, right? And there's even this idea, I don't know exactly what it's called, but sort of almost a value chain of different types of things that you can sell as a business. You can either have like a commodity, which would be just um, like grain, right? Or coffee beans, or you can have a, um, and actually the example I've heard is with Let's stick with coffee, right? So a commodity would be just a coffee bean, and then a product might be once it's kind of refined and ground and packaged and sitting on a grocery store. And then a service is when you're like getting a cup of coffee at a restaurant or something where they're pouring it out for you. But then the highest level is where it's a true experience. Like if you're at a really cool coffee shop that has the ambiance and like live music playing or whatever, and like they're giving you, you know, this exceptional service. And now, of course, you're paying 100 times per ounce of coffee what it would be if you bought just the coffee bean but you're getting this this full memorable experience and that makes it more valuable and so that's what we want to bring to digital storytelling right so that if you're publishing a book it's not just a cookie cutter black and white text sort of ad riddled you know reading experience but you're actually able to create a more bespoke immersive experiential reading experience all that to say this is a very long-winded answer <laughs> to your question but um with our discord we wanted to make the discord itself more experiential more story-based more memorable and so instead of just having the initial user experience be oh agree to our rules and solve a captcha and now you're in it's like well that's boring we worked with a discord bot developer to develop a custom discord bot that's kind of a little choose your own adventure story-based where you're in the shoes of a character you know entering and you choose some options and then you choose your roles and that gets you into our server so it's super cool um odd writings i see your hand up go ahead sir yeah uh steven that that sounds very uh very interesting and also it reminds me of something that i read just this morning only the only the headlines i don't know the specifics uh but uh, apparently on uh, on the Ethereum, on Ethereum, there's a uh, ERC seven five thirty six standard that's been proposed, which is a multi multi edition NFT distribution, and apparently it allows you to have different editions of the same thing. And it reminds me very of what you just said. Like for example, you could have an, an NFT 
of something that had very limited capability as a child and then have, have another child with more advanced capability in different use cases and uh, and, and so on. So it, when, when you were you when you were describing uh, what you were doing, I was wondering if, if you guys were uh, had heard of this ERC seven five three six, and if maybe I don't know if it's if if you guys building a multi chain, like pretty much all EVM chain compatible and such, and not yeah strictly Ethereum, but yeah one one product or one brand that we are tracking is called story protocol and i know that they're working on and i don't know if they're involved with that protocol that you're talking about or building their own new stuff but it's they're working on building a sort of base layer for ip on the internet and on the blockchain to be able to track uh you know if you have multiple contributors to something and as products evolve and iterate over time and being able to sub-license out different parts of ip to different people and have community built ip and all of that actually being tracked on chain and you know us with with standards and all and so i think that that's something that would be very valuable to the future of storytelling and we definitely would love to be able to incorporate those sorts of things as we build long term but we're right now more focused i would say on the user experience like the web app interface of the story and then long term as standards sort of evolve and hopefully over time right with web3 we'll find new standards just kind of like epub became sort of the standard right for the web2 document of the story itself like what is that going to be that equivalent in web3 like we'll definitely want to be you know friendly and work with those sorts of protocols but we aren't really I don't see ourselves as Cosmos developing that or leading the charge there because there's already other people building in that sort of space, including, I know, PageDAO has, has their own you know initiative they're working on. So we're just kind of focused more on the, the user experience, the user end, and then we can plug in on the back end as we need to as the space evolves. But. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we had uh, Epic Dylan up here. Uh, he was leading the charge on the Web3 writing standards um i think he's dropped off the stage we'll try to get him back up here but the page the page initiative there has been an interesting one to follow but i was wondering something Stephen. where ultimately is cosmos headed i mean do you have plans to bridge traditional publishing and web3 or digital publishing or is that is that something that maybe you'll look at in the future i mean the goal for cosmos long term is to be the the new standard for digital publishing I could also see incorporating maybe with a print-on-demand type feature, right? And uh, because there's obviously always going to be demand for physical books, I still like physical books. But I don't necessarily see us working directly with traditional publishers. So I'm not going to say that couldn't happen. Um, Cosmos itself won't, I don't see, becoming a traditional publisher. Our, our goal is to be a platform, right, for authors to self-publish and the whole sort of ethos is letting the creators have a more direct relationship with their fans, letting creators price their own work and keep the majority of the revenue and all that. So kind of different, you know, than, than a publisher model where the publisher owns the rights to it. Like we don't plan to own rights to people's works, but I could see traditional publishers having collaborations with traditional publishers. If they could have a way of bifurcating the web three rights, right? Where if say, I don't know, Harper Collins, says, okay, we're tired of Web3, we don't care, we don't want to get into it, we don't understand it. Um, right now, though, traditional publishers typically 
retain all rights to at least the story version of that, sometimes film rights or whatever might be separate, but but most anyone that they traditionally publish, they can't just go publish on something like Cosmos, right? The same story. So it'd be wonderful if a publisher could say something like, okay, we're going to allow authors to retain their own rights for a Web3 publishing system like Cosmos because we don't plan to do that ourselves, so they're free to do that. But, you know, so if there could be some way of, you know, once we're kind of big enough to have a little bit of leverage with publishers and then that could open up a whole new avenue of people that have been traditionally published also putting their stories on something like Cosmos. That might be wishful thinking. I'm guessing a lot of publishers uh, still are, are pretty clingy in terms of not wanting to give up rights, right? But, um, yeah, I don't know if that kind of answers the question in terms of how I see yourselves yeah, relating to the existing players in the field. But Yeah, that was a great answer. Uh, I see Brianna Morgan. You got your hand up. Go ahead. Good morning, Stephen. This is Rihanna Morgan. It's really nice to talk with you in person again. How are you doing today? Is this exciting? Are we, you know, I'm, I'm so excited for you to share your big project with us. I'm, I'm, I'm really enamored of everything that you're doing there at Cosmos. So thank you so much for coming. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. And yeah, it's great to hear your voice again. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm really I know that we've spoken in the past and, and I got to put together the article honoring you and all that you're doing for Vagabond magazine. But I'm, I'm also really interested in where you are in the process. Like what is, as far as, you know, the, the timeline of achievables, what, where are you right now? And then what is, you know, you've spoken a little bit on the ultimate goal. And so, um, the benchmark of where you are right now and then where you want to be. And so that we can help cheer and, and help, help with this. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, in terms of the ultimate goal of being the new standard for digital storytelling, we're certainly a long ways off, but the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Right. And so at the same time, we've come a really long ways. And I look back to where things are at like a year ago uh, when it feels like, yeah, we had no clue what we were doing and had, we're no, nowhere near even starting Cosmos in the current form. So the, the, longest, the long story short is the last year has been a lot of brainstorming, a lot of planning out right the business model and getting just a really, really clear vision and then finding the right people to help make that vision a reality and then beginning progress on the development. So development, we've contracted with a company called BlockSafe. They're a really great full stack dev team. We've been working with them for a few months and they have now gotten us prototypes. So we have interactive prototypes that are actually really cool. Um, links to them can be found via our discord in our community. We, we have some, we have shared some of that if anyone wants to check it out, but it's definitely really amazing to see it now in a more tangible form because for so long it's just been in my mind as like an idea and it's actually it was quite difficult to translate that idea to others I found um just not just in conversations like this but it's like working with the dev team and such because they want the nuts and bolts of like okay well what happens when you click this or what's the structure of this and that's like it's it, it took a lot of work to kind of get it translated from right just a vision to um an actual product but it's still just the prototype it's not an actual um, app yet. It's just uh, it's an interactive Figma board, right, where you can still click around and, and see the different pages and kind of get an idea of the 
flow and the feel and all that. So that's the stage that we're at now. And so right now we're working on feedback to them and really finalizing that and finalizing what will be in the MVP so that they can get us the final quote and timeline estimate to actually develop it into a, you know, live app. And so that's probably looking at around March, April, May-ish of next year when we could have an actual MVP of a web app itself and start getting content on there and, and all of that. So amazing. Amazing. And I've heard you now, um, mention your discord a couple of times and I'm looking through my, like while you were discussing this, I'm like, I'm not a member of your discord. Is there a way that you could share a link, um, just as a comment here and I can pin it up in the nest and, and, um, is it, is it at a point where, you know, it's open to the public? Can people start joining it or is it invite only at this point? Yeah, it is. I will definitely share a link here in the comments. It is a semi-closed Discord. We'll say it's by invite only. So we don't have the link on our website or Twitter profile just because we don't want a bunch of rando people joining saying like, oh, what's this? How can I make money when we're still, you know, six months out from actually launching an MVP and having um, our own NFT sale or any of that stuff, right? So the goal is, though, to have a tight-knit group of people that actually care about it and are supported and want to give feedback and want to be part of the conversation and publish stories on it and all. So, but yeah, anyone that's here in this space would certainly fall in the category of people that we would love to have in the server. So I just dropped it in a comment on this space, and you can feel free to share it if you want to. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. And I think I'll pass the, the mic back to CD or um, Greg Cryptoversal Books and see if he's if they've got a question they want to jump in and, and ask. But I'm, I'm so happy that you're here and I'm so happy we were able to have this discussion today. Absolutely. Cool. And I'm just going to reset the space real quickly just so we all are on the same page. This is VMGM, Vagabond Magazine. Good morning. And we're looking at Web3 this week with Stephen Pointer, the CEO, founder of Cosmos App. And I, I do want to make sure that you guys know that it's Cosmos with a K, K-A-K-O-S-M-O-S-A-P-P.com if you want to check it out. Um, Stephen, I saw something else on your Twitter that was interesting. You guys are doing a Zeely competition. Can you talk about that? Is that that's ongoing, right? Yeah, exactly. It was launched just um, several days ago, and will be going on through the end of November. And the goal with that is, I mean, I don't know how many of you are all familiar with Zeely, formerly called Crew Three. It's basically just a interface to encourage community participation in different things right so you can take actions like giving feedback on things or spreading the word or inviting friends or um contributing your own content or to something or answering questions so it's a way for us we just realized that there are a lot of people in our discord that really liked the vision of cosmos but they didn't really know what to do and there's not a whole lot to do right now because we are still building right we are building in the background we aren't doing a bunch of public marketing or there, and there's not really a way to use the application yourself yet. So it is, but we also wanted to be able to give community members more concrete ways to actually be involved or contribute. So Zeely is, we just have some different quests on there, they're called, and there's a leaderboard, so you get XP for each quest that you complete, right? And these are things that will help with all those ways that we mentioned. So giving feedback on the prototype and spreading the word and uh, those types of things, as, as well as encouraging people to develop their own stories. So we have a 
channel in our server where people can share about their own story idea and give updates on it. These would be stories that presumably will be able to live on Cosmos someday. And you can get Zeely XP for sharing your story and giving updates on it and giving feedback to other people's stories, right? Because the goal is that when we do go live next year, we'd love to have a lot of great community stories that are ready to be published on it. So, yeah, that's the long and short of what the Zeely is. And then there, we do have some cash prizes, $1,000 in cash prizes um, that'll be given out to people that are on the leaderboard, so. It's pretty epic. Um, hey, speaking of epic, we did get uh, T. Dylan Daniel, Epic Dylan, back up on the stage. And I do want to dive into this uh, this idea of Web3 standards for publishing and writing. And Dylan, I wonder if you could walk us through that idea, sort of maybe um, see how it connects a little bit with what Cosmos is doing and also Sitka World. And, and also, George, Odd Writings, I know you're a part of that, of that group that's been workshopping and kind of putting together the Web3 standards. So if you guys want to dive into that a little bit, uh, it would be a really interesting dovetail to, to everything that we've been talking about so far. Yo, 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 how do I sound? Loud and clear, buddy, loud and clear. All right, that's a little surprising because it's windy outside, but I got my hat over my AirPods, so, so maybe that'll help uh, kind of minimize the, the noise of the wind. Um, but yeah, what's up, everybody? This is T. Dylan Daniel. Um, about, I don't even know how long ago it, it was now, uh, maybe getting close to a year, probably, nine or ten months, maybe. Uh, we started the Web3 Writers, or excuse me, the, the Web3 Book Standards Group, and the idea is that there are properties that anything that's put on chain has to have. Um, and, and so we wanted to create an open standard um, that pretty much, uh, if it's on chain, it can be part of the standard. And so we came up with a couple of different sort of ideas about how to accomplish that. Uh, but CD, to your question, I, I absolutely think that, that Cosmos will 100% be totally compatible uh, with, with anything that comes out of that project. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, I, I just remember that there were there was a, a like a powerhouse of groups that were there, um, a bunch of different. Can you maybe talk about a, a few of the groups that were there? I'm, I'm trying to think, but it's it's early here. My brain's not. Functioning oh yeah, completely. I mean, we had we had all stars. We we had everybody from uh, the Atom Accelerator DAO. Uh, we, we had uh, Lit Protocol. We, we had. Uh, you know, obviously, page down, pylons. Um, man, I'm, I'm actually kind of blanking out on it now. It's, it's been a, a good long time. Uh, Pub Dow, uh, Journal Dow, so, so Clinominix uh, orbs were there. Um, and then, obviously, uh, page down and, and everybody else. Uh, George, you, you have anyone else uh, that, that I maybe missed? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I'm still drinking my coffee, so <laughs> that's that's affecting my memory. And also, it's been a while. Uh, I, I've taken a small break from that, so I, I, I assume you know more at this point than I do. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can get back into it pretty quick. Um, I, I think Alexandria Labs was one that we didn't mention. And, and also, Cryptoversal Books, I think, was involved in that as well. Um, so... Yeah, Alexandria. That was the big one. Yeah, I was Alexandria was there. Yeah, Riedel and Soul Type were, were represented. Uh, I think Moonpage was represented. Um, everyone that we reached out to jumped at the at at the uh, opportunity to participate. It was it really was gold, and and still is. 
Yeah, my, my memory was basically uh, at least at the at the point where I was where I was more active. We were at a point where we were examining the different uh, sort of standards that had naturally arisen out in the wild, if you like, uh, and then see what they had in common and use that as a core structure upon which to build something that would be able to subsume everything else. And so if everyone used that interface, they could they could talk to each other. So, so you know, uh, uh, Cryptoversal Books could, uh, you know, coordinate information with Alexandria Labs and they could coordinate with Cosmos and you could all share data and information and that kind of thing. Cool. I knew we were. Uh, I knew we were deep into it, but um, I just. I can't believe it's already been a year. That's the reason why it's not all top of mind right now. But the collaboration thing was like was so amazing. Everybody just jumping, and I remember getting in there and, and being like, "Oh, I'm I'm so out of my depth here." Because people were really big brain people in there talking about things that protocols and things like that. I mean, I felt like it was an indefatigable conversation as opposed to a CD g-monk conversation um but steven it, it it actually the collaboration aspect of that are you guys collaborating uh with any other communities in the space currently are you making plans to collaborate how how is that going for cosmos yeah so i definitely am a big believer in collaboration especially in a young space such as web3 right where there's still so much territory to explore so to speak right and there's no point in trying to be like all cutthroat with competition when there's like plenty of room for all to grow. And what the, the main way that we've been collaborating is finding partners that plan to bring their communities to Cosmos. So we have actually 12 flagship IP partners who are other Web3 communities that have a lore element that they either have already developed or want to develop. And then they, we're giving them basically access to Cosmos in exchange for them being ready to publish on it when we go live and bringing their communities to it for exposure. So that includes some, some recognizable brands, I mean, depending what area of Web3 you're interested in, but uh, Neo Tokyo is one, and some gaming groups like The Sing of Ours and Worlds Beyond are in there, and then some um, community projects like Little Lemon Friends, and Snuggle Buddies, it's called, actually, both really great groups. Um, so, so, yeah, those different groups, as well as Sitka World, which is that the IP brand that I also helped start. So those groups are all going to be using Cosmos. So the goal is when we go live, they share their stories, they share with their community, and they bring the community on. They also will have, though this probably won't be at MVP, but we also will have the opportunity opportunity for NFT groups to let all their community members publish their own stories and so we're giving that functionality to these flagship ip partners as well so that they'll be able to bring in their community members and specifically for the community members to share stories about their own nft so if you have say if it was say a board ape right you could write the story and lore for your particular ape on cosmos and they would be collected under an anthology where it shows okay these are all the community stories for all the characters in this collection Right. Um, and so that's just a specific way of incorporating Web3 into what we're doing. That just makes a lot of sense. But but yeah, so we have those partners um, that will be sharing their stories on Cosmos to help sort of seed it and have a proof of concept before doing more like general marketing and such. Quanta, I see your hand. Go ahead. Hello. Hi, Stephen. 
um, I'm actually very keen on uh, user experiences that you mentioned. Um, you said um, you said that Cosmos is gonna um, works towards users having an experience that is memorable. So could you expand more on that? I mean, a user as a as a writer and as a reader. Uh, I mean, how would it be more immersive? What am I going to experience? Yeah, I love the question. So there are a few things, and maybe it's easiest sometimes to envision with a particular story. So I'll use the example of Harry Potter because I like Harry Potter, and it's one that most people are at least somewhat familiar with. And we really wanted to just rethink from the ground up what experiencing a digital story can be like, right? Instead of just taking things for granted or copying what everyone else is doing. So, um, yeah, all that to say, imagine, so with Harry Potter, instead of just being like, okay, here's 500 pages, go read it. Um, what if it was instead more like a, a personalized journey where you start off with no access to the story and then you get, a text message from a character. So it could be like from Harry and he's saying something relevant to what's happening in the first chapter. I don't know what actually happens in the first chapter of one of the books, but let's say it's like, Oh, Dumbledore's army is recruiting. Come join us. And you click the link on your phone and it opens up the web app and it unlocks the next chapter or the first chapter for you. And this chapter, instead of just being black text and a white background or vice versa, it actually feels like you're at Hogwarts. So it might be um, artwork that looks like you're in Hogwarts Castle. It might even be animated with some motion, like a video, like you're exploring through the castle. There might be sound effects and music. Maybe it's the soundtrack from the movies or whatever playing and custom text and fonts and icons. And you can have even pictures or videos in there if you want that are all customized so it feels like you're in Hogwarts, right? So... And then you read, to, you get to the end of the chapter and there's like a progress bar that advances and you might get a badge or something saying, hey, congratulations, you finished the first chapter. There'll be a comment feature, right? So just like at the end of a blog post or most other story apps where you can comment with like the community on what you read. And then it depends how the author has it set up. So our whole thing is customization. So it's not that there's a necessarily fixed way to publish, but so it could be just one chapter at a time. It could be that you have to pay to unlock each chapter. It might be one chapter per day or per week or per hour. Um, or it could be all at once if you want to publish like a more traditional book. But using this example of Harry Potter, maybe you just get one chapter a day. So you get to the end of the one first chapter and then you click to go to the next chapter. And it might say, hey, come back in, you know, 23 hours. Or if you don't want to wait... You could pay to unlock now to override. We'll have like an in-app credit system. So it might be, I don't know, you know, 30 cents or something to unlock a chapter. Or you could invite a friend. So if you invite a friend, then for every friend referral you have, it accelerates your unlocking and unlocks another chapter for you. So you could click that link and tell your friends, hey, you know, this is a really cool story. It's free, you know, check it out. And then for everyone that joins, then that unlocks the next chapter for you. Whenever that next chapter unlocks, whether it's, someone accepted your referral or you paid for it or you just waited till the next day. Now you get another text. Maybe it's from Hermione saying, help, you know, something's attacking and you click that. It takes it to the, to open the next chapter. Um, and you'll also even be able to customize for, if it's a timed unlock like that, 
you could customize the time of day that you get those unlocks, right? So the idea is that a lot of times for reading, the biggest hindrance to people isn't so much the cost or the money. I mean, a book is usually very affordable. It's the time, right? People are like, I don't have time. I'm just have such a busy life. But you could say, okay, well, maybe I don't have time to just sit down and read it cover to cover. But if I just get a five minute chapter each day during my lunch break or before I go to bed or during my morning commute or whatever, then you can, you know, have it built into your schedule in a way that works for you. Um, there also will be an audio book option for anything, whether the author uploads their own narration or will have an AI sort of text-to-speech that can narrate it in a fairly lifelike voice uh, for anyone that prefers to listen rather than reading. So, um, oh, yeah, that's a good wow. basic idea. Wow, this is... Um, I, I think I can equate this to gaming, like in the metaverse. Would I be wrong? Yeah, it's definitely... It's meant to be gamified. It's not gaming in the sense of like a first-person shooter game, right? But we, I do see it as almost a new form of experiencing a story that's like one step in the direction of gaming from just a normal book. Um, because also there will be able to be, I mentioned the badges, right? But the goal is that there will be a lot of different ways to earn badges, right? It could be as you get to certain checkpoints. It could be sort of com competitive, like the first hundred people to finish the book get a badge. It could be based on referring friends. Like if you refer five friends to the story or X number of friends, you get a badge. It could be based on giving feedback. If you give feedback to the author or commenting and participating in it, you get badges. Um, it could be, you could have riddles or like scavenger hunts with clues, you know, in the text. And if you answer the question, right, you get a badge. So, so yeah, ways we're thinking of right, a lot of ways to just make it able to be a little more of a fun social gamified experience. You could have a leaderboard, you know, and show who's earned the most badges and read the farthest and such through a story. Um, but all without detracting from the story experience itself. So that's the balance I've been trying to find is you don't want, when you're reading the story, you don't want other things distracting you, right? So that's why there's not going to be any advertisements on the platform, right? And while you're reading the story text, it's not like there'll be all these badges or notifications or whatever distracting you, right? You just want to be fully immersed. But then when you get to the end of the chapter, when you're looking at your profile or whatever, right, that's where you'll be able to have all these other sort of elements that, that come into play. This is fantastic. Thank you. This is amazing. Um, so just one last question. Like, do you, would you be having templates for... Um, a writer for an author or this is something that the author has uh, would come up with and um, approach your platform yeah also a great question I think what you're getting at here is like how much work will it be for a creator to do this how easy or accessible is it to create something like this our goal is to make it as automated and easy as possible right so yeah it will be a templated sort of thing it's not like if you're the creator it's not like you're starting with a complete blank slate like a website builder and just have to like um add in all these elements yourself so it will be like a sort of walkthrough process of okay here's your story okay select your background or select your music and it'll you know build it for you and it'll be a fairly you know it will be a templated sort of thing in that sense um and our long-term goal, like, I mean, a creator will be able to upload their own assets. Obviously, you have to upload your own story, but you could also upload your own narration, your own music, your own backgrounds. Um, and you could have it customized for each chapter, you know, customize the font, colors, all that. But 
the the long-term goal is to have AI able to do uh, a lot of it or all of it so that you could just upload the manuscript and AI could create artwork and music and all that for you and you just basically approve it or tweak it, you know. So I don't know how much AI will be able to have an MVP. That's one of the things that we're talking about with our developers. We'll probably at least be able to have a sort of integration with something like, um, you know, a mid-journey or Dolly that could, you know, where you still provide the props, but it can still then generate artwork for you. But my long-term goal would be that it's able to be as automated as possible because we don't want to have a lot of barriers to entry or have it be a, you know, complex, difficult thing to publish on our platform because obviously people like things to be easy and instant. But with AI, there's no reason that this wouldn't be able to be easy and instant long-term as well. So, Thank you. Uh, I think this is pure fantasy. <laughs> Literally, I mean, you're reading and uh, you're experiencing the story. Thank you so much. Um, I, I think Odd Writings has their hand up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut my mic off now. Thank you, Stephen. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say this sounds really cool, and I can imagine uh, this being used, for example, in, in a uh, an anthology of poetry, or really any kind of book that has multiple authors. So let's say you had an anthology. It had, you know. It could, you know, of course, you can have an anthology of just by one poet, but let's say you had an anthology that had 12 different poets in there, um, and then you had a second anthology with, with a different mix of poets. You could go, I, I, could, I could see someone going from one poem and then getting a badge and then, you know, paying 50 cents or whatever, going to the next poem in the same anthology, or they could say, you know, give me another anthology with this same poet, because I kind of like what this poet did, and, and go from there. And that way, that way you could have a thread sort of in between uh, different books, according to the author. So you could follow the author in, in their different, you know, writing endeavors, or you could follow the, uh, you know, the book itself. But um, I imagine one, one thing about that that would possibly cause confusion is, is this, this idea of, of not getting distracted, right? Because you easily, especially if, the, if, the, if it's a story written by multiple people, they could you know, get, get distracted if you go from one story to another. But uh, that that idea just kind of popped in my head, and I I wondering what what, uh, what Stephen what what you uh, thought about that. Yeah, I like the idea, and I think definitely a good example of the ways that I hope to see Cosmos used. Like, like I've, I have a lot of ideas right of ways that it can be used, but I'm also excited to see the ways that I haven't thought of that other people will use it because it is, it will be a very customizable platform, right? So your authors will be able to choose how they set up their badges, right? Then they'll be able to choose how they publish, whether it's over time or all at once and whether it's um, free or not. So you could have say like the first five chapters free and then 50 cents per chapter after that. Or you could have, you could have the first 90% of the book free and then have the ending cost like $15 or something, right? If it's like basically you're hooking people and if you have them a really good cliffhanger, how many do you convert? There's a lot of right things that could be experimented with having it more customized like this there'll also be uh you'll also be able to have supporters so you could be like patreon right where you have five or ten dollars a month and you could have exclusive content for supporters or different endings and bonus chapters and such for supporters or nft holders so there you can have content that's gated behind nfts um and, and or discounts for nft holders and there's just yeah and we're, we're building as much flexibility as we can in but then 
when you have different combinations of all those different options, the ways that you could apply that are really, I think, almost infinite. And yeah, one thing that I think will be really interesting too is combining like loops of these features where, so you could have a badge for someone that reads, like in your example, say some sort of anthology, you could have a, a, them earn a badge, which will be an NFT in the background, right? That will be like, okay, I read this and this will be now an on-chain record right now. These NFTs for badges will be sold down, right? Because it doesn't make sense to be trading them. This is like something you've actually earned with something you've done. But um, now they have that badge. What if now the same author, someone else in the anthology, or someone else totally new says, okay, anyone that's read that story now gets access to this. This could be a maybe alternate ending or a bonus thing or something else. So now you could have exclusive content for people that read that other piece of content because you now have NFT-gated content based on the badge that you earn from reading something, right? Um, and so, yeah, I'm just kind of <laughs> talking on ideas, but that gives you yeah, an idea of where things could go. Love it. I actually, uh, I love, love hearing it. And, you know, it, it reminds me, Stephen, like one of the things that we say at Vagabond Magazine is, is we are Web3. We're defining Web3 as we move along. What is Web3 to you? Uh, to you, to Cosmos, what, what exactly do you see Web3 as being? Because in this space, that's one of the things that, that we see is that Web3 means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So for you, for Stephen uh, with Cosmos, what is Web3 to you? Yeah, to me, Web3 is about a decentralized database. I mean, ultimately, that's right what Bitcoin is and how this all started is uh, it's a ledger that tracks who owns what, but without relying on a centralized company to have their servers store that. So it's a trustless way of storing data. And to me, it's always important to come back to that because I think a lot of times people are get so focused on stuff like, oh, we have this cool artwork and this NFT collection is dropping and everyone should FOMO in and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, what is this all? Like, where did this come from? And I think a lot of it's kind of been tainted by bad actors and all pump and dumps and all that sort of thing. And to me, Web3 as fundamentally has nothing to do with um, pump and dumps and random shit coins and, um, you know, 10K ape collections and such. Like, that's just culture. Like that, that's a culture that's evolved around this technology somehow, but um, and for better or for worse, I'm not saying it's all bad, but it's it's definitely um, very extraneous, I guess, or different than than the technology itself. Um, so so to me, it's just really important to kind of keep those things clear. And to me, yeah, with Web three, what's the power of having a decentralized database? It means that you can build user experiences and communities and such around information without being dependent on one entity to tell you how to do that and what you're doing with it. And one of the best examples I've had in of seeing how the power of what this is all about, in my mind at least, what's resonated with me, is like a loyalty reward system. And imagine, say, an airline, right? Airlines often have this, right? Where, okay, every time you fly with us, you know, you get to a different tier or membership level and you can earn these points and then redeem the points for prizes and all that, right? But, like, if you're, say, have a Delta reward system, Delta only really knows what you're doing with them. Like, they don't know your Amazon 
purchase history, right? And they don't know what you're buying at the grocery store. And then, and you may say, okay, great. Like, I don't want big brother to know everything I'm doing, but what if there is a way for them to to, while you're still keeping your identity uh, private and you're still, you know, have control over what you're sharing with Delta. But what if, what if you could have something where when you, you know, every hundred dollars you spend on Amazon, you get, you know, miles. And I know sometimes you can maybe do that, but that requires so much work. If Delta is going to include another company in their rewards program, they have to have tons of legal agreements and it's probably a huge hassle. And now they have all this data security laws and sharing, you know, CRMs behind the scenes and mapping it all. And like, trying to figure out who's who and like it would just be a huge headache and it's normally not really done in web 2 um but with the blockchain all of a sudden that can become complete instant and easy and secure and you know fully customizable and such so it just opens up doors to whole new business models and whole new ways of interacting that just weren't you know possible to do securely or cost effectively um in the web 2 world and so for something like Cosmos, one of the ways that could be done is, well, like I was talking about with the poetry anthology, right? Giving access to people that have read other stories is one way, but um, it could also be used with, say, other gaming groups. I, I see a lot of inter integrations possible with the gaming, right? What if you have it where in the game, when you reach a certain checkpoint or cross your portal, that unlocks a new section of the lore on Cosmos. And then once you read that lore, it unlocks a new weapon or skin or level in the game, right? And these could be totally even separate. You could have the game developer and the author might not even know each other, might not be working together, um, but you could still include stuff like that if you want. Now, um, obviously, hopefully you're doing it in a way that's friendly, right? And, and with their permission or at least their knowledge. But, you know, if you want... It also opens up whole new av avenues for like advertising or stuff like that too. Like what if, I don't know, Coca-Cola, this is maybe a silly example, but Coca-Cola has a game and say now Pepsi wants to target Coca-Cola users. They could say, okay, anyone that unlocks the level in the Coca-Cola game now gets a new story about how great Pepsi is, you know, unlocking their wallet or something. Um, so it's just, that's the type of thing that I see Web3 opening the doors for. It's amazing. It's such a great answer. So I want to do something that we haven't done before, but I, I think we should start doing this. And, and we'll start with you, Stephen. Um, so are you bullish or bearish on Web3? I mean, it depends is the answer. Long-term bullish. I mean, I, I think that we're still in the stage of Web3 that the internet, you know, was in 20 years ago or so. So there's I would imagine that 20 years from now, Web3 will absolutely still be around and will be used in a lot of the ways I described. I think, you know, a lot of loyalty rewards programs and um, and a lot of financial stuff, right? It definitely is a great way for fast, secure financial transactions and a lot of stuff like that will be using Web3. I would imagine, though, that the kind of mania of having, you know, 10K collectibles and pumping ups and all that stuff, um, I would imagine that we'll see waves of that because things tend to come and go in waves. I wouldn't be surprised to see another wave of that. But I kind of assume that it'll turn into a bit of a, you know, just like anything in the past, there'll still be 20 years from now, some people that care about it, but it'll be kind of like people that still collect Beanie Babies or people that do stamp collecting or coin collecting. I think there will always be a use case for the kind of collectibles um, and culture side of things. And there will be some long-term brands that have staying power. But I think that what most people have thought of as Web3 the last few years was really just an initial phase of mania and isn't really very recognizable to what mainstream web three will be like, um, you know, years down the road. 
That's a great answer. Um, Rihanna Morgan, bullish or bearish on Web3? Well, you know exactly what my answer is. Of course, I am so bullish on Web3. I'm, I love it here. I'm so excited for everyone that is here. I'm so excited for everything that Stephen is doing. I, I just, you know, it's slow going some days and some days that's, uh, you know, a drag. But most of the time, like all of the time, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. So, yeah, thank you. No worries. Um, T. Dylan Daniel, bullish or bearish on Web3, my friend? Um, can somebody else perhaps tell me what CD just said? I, I think it may just be for me, but he's very difficult to understand right now. I heard my name. Uh, I said, are you bullish or bearish on Web3? Oh, always bullish, man. I mean, I see the potential. I see the magic. I see the things that can happen. You know, I see all the lovely other folks that are out here seeing the same stuff. You know, I see these experiments. I see these new technologies. You know, and, and beyond all of that, you know, I, I see a world in the future where people don't really have to worry so much about saving their data, you know, in this or that spot, you know, and it's just easier to kind of manage all this stuff. It's faster, um, bullish all, all the way. And, you know, for the record, you can pretty much just mark me down as a permable. And anytime you think about asking this question, You'll know the answer. <laughs> all right. I suspect the answer for all of us is going to be bullish on Web3. But I did like the nuanced answer that uh, that Stephen gave. Um, and I, I think that's true. So let's move to that. PFP collections, NFTs in general, and PFP collections in particular. Quanta, are you bullish or bearish on PFP NFTs? Um. I think that it was an initial way to for people to get um, uh, to get introduced to Web three and uh, NFTs. Uh, still now, uh, people who do not know about Web three think of NFTs as um, you know stock investments, and um, so this is not something that's going to last. And um, I'm not bullish on it. Definitely not. Odd writings, what about you? Bullish or bearish on NFT PFP collections? Um, I would say bullish as long as we keep security in mind. But even then, you know, if, if, if hack, because, you know, at some point hackers are going to come along and say, oh, you know, I just figured out a way so that if you own an NFT, I just drained your wallet, you know. And they're already working on stuff like that. And, and, and eventually, you know, eventually that will happen. And so then the question is, well, how do we rebound from that? So as long as we can keep the security going, um, then I'm bullish. If we can never figure out the security, then I'm less bullish, but still bullish. Because in that case, it will be like computers nowadays where you have virus things and someone comes up with a new virus and then the antivirus thing comes up with a thing and then a new virus comes out. So it's like an arms race. It never ends. So, uh, but and yet, still pe people still use it. So uh, qualified bullish, depending on security uh, activity in the near future. I love these nuanced answers, and you know, I love uh, Stephen kind of equated stamp collecting with NFT PFP collecting, and I think that that's so apt. Uh, just a, a quick aside. I recently went down the stamp collecting rabbit hole. You know, I buy and sell things like old things. And uh, so I got into stamps for a little bit. And 
here's the uh, the crazy thing like in the 1950s and 1940s and and all the way up until the 1980s stamp collecting was this this huge huge hobby that has since died out but all of these countries including the US made stamps specifically really to sell them to stamp collectors and there were so many of them sold like baseball cards in the 1990s or NFTs in 2022 um, there were so many of them sold that most of those stamps that were specifically made and created for stamp collectors are worth next to nothing so much so that a lot of stamp dealers today will take stamps that haven't been used US stamps don't have an expiration date so a lot of stamp dealers if you buy stamps from them they will actually send them to you using collectible stamps from the 1950s to the 1980s and you that's know, hilarious it is totally hilarious <laughs> right so I, I felt like that was a really apt metaphor for for 2021 nfts um okay so steven back to you um i think we know the answer but bullish or bearish on nft pfp projects I mean, yeah, I know you're probably expecting me to say more bearish, and I do feel relatively bearish, but there will always be exceptions. Like, there will be waves. I wouldn't be surprised to see another market of, like, a few months where all PFP collections go up, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some PFP collections do well long-term, but I think that, well, as we've already seen in the last couple of years, the vast majority of PFPs collapsing, and I think that long-term, the vast majority of them will also not retain much value there has to be i think uh you know a real collector value to it um something that's really unique you know or, or it's just like the community becomes truly special if the founders have a way of really cultivating an active group of community members that truly where there's actually a real network effect and actually real value in the friendships and everything formed then that will be reflected right in the value of it so um but i i don't really expect a repeat of like the mania we saw, you know, in 2022 of just where it's everything goes up forever. Seemingly like, I think that was probably a, a one time sort of bubble. But. Yeah. Sadly, I, I think you may be right. I mean, I do think like you, I, I think that there's going to be certain projects that reflect that value and bring that value back or that, that maybe surprise us. But I think that the mania of 2022 is, is largely going to be like Beanie Babies. Um, you know, there'll be collectors down the road and maybe one or two Beanie Babies that are worth a lot of money still. But for the most part, you can buy a truckload of them for $7.52. Yeah. So, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on today. We're, uh, we're just about out of time. Um, this has been amazing. I've actually... Joined the Cosmos Discord now. I'm going to run through the process. Um, I see that it's a, like a Sitco World kind of process, so I'm going to do that after the fact. But I've joined, and I'm looking forward to getting on there. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us before we uh, start to close out the space? Oh, yeah, nothing that comes to mind. I mean, I feel like we have covered a lot of things really thoroughly. I'm actually, it's hard to believe this has been only 57 minutes. It feels like we've been talking for longer because of how much has been discussed. Um, no, I would just, I guess if I were to have any closing thoughts, it would be harking back to sort of the motto of Sitka World is to bring out the magic within you. And that's a lot of what Cosmos is about as well. And just recognizing, right, that I, I believe that everyone has a lot of really great gifts to share with the world, a lot of great stories and messages. And 
I would encourage everyone to be fearless in sharing those messages with the world and finding ways to um, share those stories. And that's how the world has changed for the better. So, That's a great message uh, for the end of this space. But this isn't the end of VMGM. It's not the end of GMVM. Uh, but because next week we're going to be back. But I'm going to make an executive decision here. Next week, we're going to do this on our own Discord. We're not going to play in Elon Musk's backyard next week. We're going to do this on the Vagabond Magazine Discord. So if you want to be a part of VMGM next week, uh, you got to come join our Discord. And it's a cool place to be anyway. We're, we're friendly and nice. Next week, we're going to be talking with my friend, an old collaborator of mine from decades ago, Anthony Mathenia. He's a writer, a film producer. We're going to be talking about cults, which is one of the films that he's recently produced. Uh, it's about people leaving a cult and about music. We're going to be talking about Web3. We're going to be talking about AI and, and the uses of AI and creative ventures, all that stuff. So join the VM, uh, the Vagabond Magazine Discord, because we want you to be there. And also, you know, we'll post the link to Apple Podcasts, just like we do here. If you missed this, don't worry. You can, you're probably listening to it on Apple Podcasts or maybe on Substack. Our Substack is Vagobond, V-A-G-O-B-O-N-D dot Substack dot com. And tomorrow, join us for the Web3 Writers Hour. When we have a discussion with Web3 Writers, we talk about the places that Web3 and writing intersect, kind of like we were doing today, but a little bit different and more of a conversation than a show. That's all I've got. Rio Morgan, uh, T. Dillon, Daniel, Quanta, anything you'd like to add before we sign off for the day? No, I'm really great. This has been so fun, and I'm, I'm so excited about where this is all going. And, and so thank you so much, Stephen. It was great to see you today, and we can't wait for you to visit us again. I've got Thanks for having me. Which is just, uh, Stephen, dude, uh, I am so sorry we never ended up connecting. Let's, uh, let's, let's get together. Uh, I, I, I honestly still don't know what I'm going <laughs> to Oh, man, I'm sorry. My life is a mess. But uh, I love you, and I, I want to talk to you, so uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll connect. Oh, good. Yeah, I always have to connect. All right, take care, everyone. And that's it, you guys. Quanta, go ahead. Oh, I just want to say thank you and, um, you know, just to hear you uh, talk about the possibilities of uh, writing and reading. Um, it's like, uh, you know, made me look forward to, um, you know, a future that is not, that is beyond books. So it, this has been a great space. Thank you. Welcome. Glad to have you. And that's a perfect place for us to close out. It's been a great space. Thank you guys for coming. Thanks for listening. Stephen, thank you for being here. And to all, everybody that's on the stage, thank you for being here. We love you. See you next week.